0: And defer immediate pleasures, you can gain a lifetime's worth of reward. In today's episode of Gen M Weekly, we're going to be exploring the true nature of pleasure and gratification. We're going to look at why we must delay gratification to reap the rewards later, how a child's environment plays a huge role in their future success, and what tactics we can use to change that trajectory. As always, I'd love to hear your stories and get your feedback on gratification and what it means to you. You can stay up to date with all things Gen M by following us on Instagram at M underscore weekly and it'd be amazing if you could subscribe and share this episode with one person that you think needs to hear it. So without further ado, my name is Emir Hafid, and this is Coming to Terms with Gratification. Ramadan, one of the Islamic holy months where Muslims around the world don't eat or drink anything during the daylight hours. Now, science has confirmed all the benefits of fasting or intermittent fasting and it's been well documented over the years by countless reports and studies. But I'm interested in one particular aspect of fasting that can have far-reaching effects into other areas of our lives and teach us, in my opinion, the most important lesson of all. So in the 1960s, a Stanford professor called Walter Michel began conducting a series of really important psychological experiments. Now in these experiments, Michel and his team tested hundreds of kids, most of them around the ages of like four and five, Uh, and revealed what is now believed to be one of the most important characteristics for success in every aspect of life. So they called it the uh, Marshmallow Experiment, and you've probably heard of it before, but I'm going to put a little bit of a twist on it. The experiment began by bringing each child into a private room, sitting them down in a chair, and placing a marshmallow on the table in front of them. Now, at this point, the researcher offered a deal to the kid. The researcher told the kid that he was going to leave the room and that if the child didn't eat the marshmallow while he was away, then they'd be rewarded with a second marshmallow. Sounds good, doesn't it? (coughs) Now, if the child decided to eat the first one before the researcher came back, then they would not get a second marshmallow. So the choice was simple. One treat right now, or two treats later. Now, as you can imagine, the footage of the kids waiting alone in the room was really funny. And there was essentially three types of responses. So, some kids grabbed the marshmallow and shoved it in the mouth as soon as the guy closed the door. Um, Other kids wiggled about and bounced around and messed about in the chairs uh, and trying to restrain themselves but eventually gave in to the temptation a few minutes later and ate the marshmallow. And finally, a few of the kids did manage to wait the entire time, and of course they were given a second marshmallow as a reward. Now the report into this study was published in 1972, and like I said it became known as the, the famous marshmallow experiment, but it, it wasn't the, the treat itself that made it famous. The interesting part came years later, because as the years rolled on and the the kids grew up, the researchers conducted follow-up studies and they tracked each child's progress in a number of different areas. And what they found was insane, because the children who were willing to delay gratification and waited to receive the second marshmallow ended up having, like, higher SAT scores on across all standard tests they had lower levels of substance abuse they had a lower likelihood of obesity they had better stresses uh, better responses to stress they had better social skills and they just generally had better scores all around across all kinds of life measures now the researchers followed each kid for more than 40 years and over and over again the group who waited patiently for the second marshmallow succeeded in whatever capacity they were measuring. In other words, this series of experiments proved that the ability to delay gratification was critical for success in life. Now, the brilliant thing about this experiment is that we can apply it to every aspect of our lives because the principle remains the same. If you delay the um, gratification of watching TV now and get your homework done instead let's say then you'll learn more and you'll get better grades if you delay the gratification of spending money on Amazon on a or on a an impulse shopping purchase then you'll be able to save for something that you really want later on if you delay the gratification of doing a quick workout and you just put in a few more extra reps. Then you'll be a lot stronger down the line, and you'll probably get the body that you want. So, success usually comes down to choosing the pain of discipline over the pleasure of distraction, and that's exactly what delayed gratification is all about. Now, I love the uh, marshmallow experiment because it makes it makes the concept really simple for us to understand, but it did it did throw up a couple of questions that. I feel, required a little further clarification. The first question was, did some of those kids in the experiment naturally and biologically have more self-control, which meant that they were destined for success from the start? The second question is, if we don't have it naturally, can we learn to develop delaying gratification as an adult? researchers at the University of Rochester decided to replicate the marshmallow experiment but with a really important twist. Before offering the kid the marshmallow, the researchers split the children into two different groups. So the first group was exposed to a series of unreliable experiences. So for example, the researcher gave the child a small box of crayons and promised to bring a bigger one, but they never did then the researcher gave the, the the child a small sticker and promised to bring a better selection of stickers next time but they never did that as well meanwhile the second group of kids had very reliable experiences they were promised better crayons and they got them and then they were told about the better stickers as well and then they received them as well I you can imagine what impact these experiences had on the marshmallow test after they did it after these two set of findings The children in the unreliable group had no reason to trust that the researchers would Bring a second marshmallow and of course those kids didn't wait very long to eat the first one Now the children in the second group were training their brains to see delayed gratification as a positive thing. And every time the researcher made a promise and then delivered on it by bringing a bigger box of crayons or better stickers like they said they would, the child's brain registered two very important points. Number one, that waiting for gratification is worth it. And number two, that they have the ability to be patient and wait. Now as a result, The second group waited, on average, um, four times longer than the first group. In other words, the child's ability to delay gratification and display some semblance of self-control was not a predetermined trait in the child. It wasn't biological. But rather, it was impacted by the experiences and the environment that surrounded the kid. So now you tell me. Is it not the case that unreliable parenting and unreliable parents who go back on their promises could be setting their kids up for failure by not teaching them the importance of delaying gratification so what can you and i learn from all this and i you know i want to be really clear about this because being able to delay satisfaction isn't the easiest thing to do in the world obviously it's really hard because It involves feeling dissatisfied, which is why it seems impossible for people who haven't learned to control their impulses, like I struggle with this impulse control. And because the marshmallow experiment did make one thing very, very clear to us, it said that if you want to succeed at something, at some point, you're gonna need to find the ability to be disciplined and take action instead of being distracted and and doing what's easy. Because we know that success in, in nearly every field requires you to ignore doing something easier in favor of doing something harder. But the key takeaway here is that even if you don't feel like you're good at delaying gratification now, you can still train yourself to become better simply by making a few small improvements and in the case of the kids in that study this meant you know just being exposed to a more reliable environment where the researcher promised something and then they delivered on it so as adults you know we can do the same thing you know we can train our ability to delay gratification just like we can train our muscles in the gym and what's important here is that we can do it in the same way as the child and the researcher did by promising something small and then delivering on it over and over again until our brain says that one yes it's worth it to wait and two yes I have the ability to do this and there there are three simple ways that you could actually do that and credit here to um, James Clear in his book Atomic Habits he talks a lot about habit formation which we'll do in another episode but you know, I love these steps that he outlines. Um, so the first thing is starting incredibly small. You know, if we're talking about habit formation uh, and and making a new habit, you want it so that it's so easy that you can't say no. Um, and it, it doesn't matter how well you perform on any individual day. Like it's the it's the combination, it's the sustained effort is what makes the real difference. Proving to yourself that you can stick to something small for 30 days, let's say. And then once you're on a roll and remaining consistent, you can then worry about increasing the difficulty later on. But in the beginning, you know, the performance is irrelevant. You know, just doing something impressive once or twice isn't going to matter if you never stick with it in the long run. So try to make a new habit so flaming easy that you just can't say no. The second thing you could do here is improve one thing by 1%. So if you improve 1% every day for 365 days in a year, then you're going to be roughly 38% better at that thing by the end of the year. Similarly, if you get 1% worse every day for a year, you're only going to end up at about 0.03% 0.03% worse off at the end of the year so actually when you look at it it's a no-brainer yeah you, you, you know you've got nothing to lose there do you want to be 38% better at the end of the year by improving a tiny bit every day or do you want to be 0.3% worse off which is hardly anything to be honest you, you're back where you started the third thing you could do is to use something called the Seinfeld strategy um, that James talks about in his book to maintain consistency no matter what. So Seinfeld if if you don't know is he himself, Jerry Seinfeld is one of the most successful comedians of all time and he said that if you want to keep at something you need to create a visual habit chain that will keep you motivated. Now he uses like a a wall chart with every day of the year on it, a big wall chart, like a year one. And he puts a red, like a big red cross on each day that he keeps up his habit. So it's more of a visual reminder for him. So, like we've said here, it's it's all about the small things, you know, compound attention, marginal gains. And, you know, choosing to have something now might, you know, it might feel good in the short term, but making the effort to have discipline and and, and to manage your impulses can obviously result in bigger and better rewards in the future. And over time, that delayed gratification is gonna improve your self-control and it's gonna ultimately help you achieve your long-term goals faster. Because the tolerance that you've shown yourself when you wait for something that you want will give you the confidence to do it over and over again in other areas of your life which will almost always produce better results. Going back to the second marshmallow experiment, we learned that the kids with the reliable experiences thrived later on in life. You know, they could trust their primary influences, like the parents, because they stuck to the word and they, they meant what they said when they said it. In turn, the kids learned to trust themselves and benefited in in every way possible in their own lives. Like I've mentioned before, teaching ourselves and ultimately our kids the importance of delaying gratification will mean that we can reap the rewards later on in life. If we could just build that mental stamina to wait just that little bit longer for the payoff. And of course... I understand it's hard, you know, Society, society's told us, it's incubated this message, it's told us that it's, it's okay to find quick solutions and that temporary relief is fine. The, the drugs and alcohol and gambling industry, they're, they're basically built on that one premise, aren't they? And we often don't see the value in having patience during difficult times or working towards a rewarding goal, you know, we want to we wanna lose the weight now. We want the new iPhone now. We want the likes and the validation now. We want our new business to be making stupid money at the start. When all the while we're just missing the evidence that's right in front of our face. But we lack the conviction to follow through or the will to do anything about it. Now at the moment, like I mentioned at the beginning, this fasting business is, is bloody hard work, you know. I'm getting Caffeine withdrawal, you know, my stomach's aching, I'm tired, I get headaches, but honestly speaking, I can't actually put into words the euphoria, like the satisfaction that I feel when I eventually eat that first bite at sunset, because you feel like you've accomplished something, you know, you feel like your mind is in control of your body and not the other way around, you feel proud of yourself. And I think most importantly, you feel grateful. Like, you feel grateful that you're able to eat when you choose to, and yet so many other people around the world don't have that choice. So ultimately what I'm saying here is, is let's just slow down a little bit, you know. let's, Let's become more conscious of our automatic responses to momentary pleasure. So the next time that we want to achieve something, we've already proved to ourselves that we have the strength, and the ability to do it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on delayed gratification. And if you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to add to the discussion with some of your stories, then please, you know, follow us on Instagram at Uh and you know, leave us a review on on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, um, just so that I can try and add as much value as possible. To the discussion. I've been getting some lovely messages this week from people um, since we launched, so thank you so much for that. Um, It's been really, really nice to read as well. Uh, Yeah, and just remember knowledge is having the right answer, but intelligence is asking the right question. We'll be trying to do just that on the next episode of Jen Weekly.